This is a big, big, big week. Have you noticed that? Wait till you, um, who's laughing at me? <laughs> I get it, I get it. Um, you know what, <clears throat> in your packet this week, how many of you have ever done the love languages test? Five of you, great, okay. Um, you're gonna be doing the love languages test and you want to set it up so that your husband can take it too. You'll notice it's towards the back of your packet and that's why your packet is so huge this week. You will never get such a huge packet again if that is any kind of consolation to you. Now you know the thing that's interesting about love languages is that everybody has two or three love languages. That means that the way that you hear love best is within one of three ways. It's either through words of affirmation, acts of service, uh, gifts, quality time, or what did I just leave out? Physical touch, there you go. And everybody will have specific love languages. For instance, when I took the test, I found that, I, that my love languages, two primary ones, were acts of service and words of affirmation. Those were my two largest ones. That meant that if Stan was saying affirming kind things to me, I felt especially loved. And if Stan turned down the bed covers for me at night, or did the dishes, or took out the trash, I felt especially loved. Now Stan has similar love languages, but he has one that's different. For him, he has acts of service and words of affirmation, and then he also has quality time. Now quality time means that if we spend time together, he feels loved. And he would say, when we took our trip to Colorado for the leaf time last weekend, he said, I've got candy captured in the car for five hours. <laughs> and he was so happy. Well, that's his love language. My first husband had quality time as his love language. My son and daughter have quality time as their love language. Guess what I do not have? Quality time. <laughs> I do not. Now, let me tell you how bad that can be, and let's see if any of you have ever done something like this. I look back and cringe, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit is helping me to do that, because I didn't know these things when I was married to Ed. This was later, and I could go back and figure him out. One time he said to me, would you like to go with me on this two and a half hour drive to pick up a car part? And I looked at him like, you gotta be crazy. And I said, no. I mean, how bad was I? But I didn't have a clue. See, there's so much we miss because we didn't have a clue. And I'm sure I just pierced his heart. And he went off and did it by himself. I didn't have a clue, I went my merry way. Then I learned later. So now I have all the important people in my life have quality time as their love language. So when my son would come in at 10 o'clock at night and I'm cross-eyed with tiredness 
into my bedroom and he wants to talk about stuff. I work very, very hard to try to be present. And when I finally cannot make it any longer, because he could go on forever that time of night, kids do, I say, I'm so sorry. I can talk about this forever in the morning, I promise you. And so when, I, when Stan wants me to go for a walk with him, inside of me is propelling the fact that Stan needs to have a walk with me. He needs time with me. Knowing that my husband needs time with me, focused time with him, propels me to want to be careful to move in that direction. Wish I could have done it for Ed. But both of my, young, my kids, I seek to find ways to spend time with them. I'm going down this weekend to see my son in Phoenix. We will get a hike in together, just the two of us. Or he'll take me to breakfast so that we can talk. We will do that. But I will be doing, looking to do that with each one of the family members to the extent that it's possible. But what if it's gifts? Gifts don't matter to me, but what if they mattered to Stan? Then I now know that I need to step outside of my preferences and seek to be gifty towards Stan. What if it's non-sexual physical touch, which is not mine? As a matter of fact, I had a touchless family. Anyone ever have that? I grew up in a touchless family. So knowing that Stan would probably, if Stan were, uh, non-sexual physical touch, then I would need to be much more touchy than I naturally would be. Notice what I naturally am is very convenient if we happen to have the same love languages. We do it naturally for each other. I had this one couple that I uh, counseled years ago that should have been divorced. I could not comprehend why they were even sitting there meeting with me. And then we did their love language test, and guess what? They had all three the same love languages. So without even trying, by mistake, they were loving each other enough to keep them together and to keep the glue going. It's remarkable how valuable this is. But the worst part about this, you're going to take the test, and at the end it's going to tell you what your love languages are, and I hope you'll put it on a post-it and stick it inside your desk or something so that you can uh, refer to it, because you may forget it. Then we want your husband to take the same test. And then you want to really remember what those three are. When I look at my husband's good points list, in this little box right here are his love languages, even though I have them memorized. When I'm reviewing this every day, I go back. By the way, that's every day, maybe five days a week. I'm reviewing that so that it's implanted in my mind and I don't forget it. That's the part I bring to the table, in case you haven't noticed. I bring my intentionality and coming in there every day and reviewing and praying over it. Then God does the rest. He comes in and reminds me of the things that I reviewed and then some. And then he reminds me when to keep my mouth shut and where a need is in Stan's life or in anyone's life. It's remarkable the experience we can have of life in its, all of its abundance when we are following moment by moment 
this relationship with Jesus Christ. By the way, there's a very awful page at the end of your love languages test. This is very, very painful. In the first column, it says how to relate to a person with words of affirmation. How do you communicate it? With compliments, affirmation, and kind words. What kind of actions? Well, maybe send notes or cards. What to avoid? In other words, what kills the person is criticism. Now, my husband has words of affirmation. He is extremely sensitive to my criticism. When he's at work, he invites people to criticize him. But my criticism is another animal. And then it goes on to talk about what happens with quality time. Long periods apart is destructive. More times with my friends than with Stan is destructive. Gifts, forgetting special occasions. Acts of service, ignoring your spouse's requests while helping others. Oh, you gotta love it. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, physical touch, neglecting physical touch or even abuse. So please make sure you take the time to reflect on that last page. It's going to be convicting, as it was for me. Do any of you have any questions? Sorry, this has been an extra long time with not as much time for us to speak in individually. Um, no questions? By the way, yes, yes. On the words of affirmation, you know, that avoid criticism. I would actually wonder if silence and the absence of affirmation also. Yes. So it's not just being critical when somebody needs affirmation. Withholding anything is just... Great point. Great point. And you know why that's particularly convicting to me is because... When I go deeper into my Myers-Briggs, it says that I am emotionally constipated. They don't say it that way, but that's the way it comes out. And it, what it means is that I'm introverted with my feelings. So I, have a, I don't naturally, my preference is not to naturally talk about my feelings. So that being the case, it's easy for me to be that, to not be as affirming as I need to be, because it doesn't come naturally. So do I need to pray for that? And by the way, that's on my list of my weak area that I need to pray for to be more affirming, right? And guess what? Then God gives me eyes to see. And when you find out what your, where your husband's um, love language is, frequently in the morning when I'm praying, I'll say, Lord, Please give me uh, unique ways to affirm Stan. And where do you see the ideas he gives you? He'll give me an idea, and I'm, in my head, I'm saying, oh, that's so good. I would have never thought of that myself. And then, of course, I say it, because why would I waste something that that's, that's that good? And you can think of that in terms of any of area of your husband's love languages. Do you worry about yours being met? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
okay, let's, let's correct that. 100% the real natural me. But as we are learning to leave our deepest desires and needs in God's coat pocket, vest pocket, over his heart, trusting that he will make sure those needs are met in due time, then we don't worry about them. We can rest back and only focus on the other, our husband, our kids. By the way, everything we're learning here is perfect for dealing with our kids minus the sex. This is what our kids need too. This is what everybody needs. This is God's beautiful picture. And at the last thing that I should be concerned about, which is the thing I love to protect the most, is my own selfish self-interest. And as I learn to put that back there so that they're for God to deal with and take care of, then life really starts to take off in a very exciting, fulfilling, and abundant way. And I challenge you to do this very hard work and find out for yourself. Okay, um, let me pray for you. And by the way, don't forget to look at all the fun little comments that are on the front page of your notes. They're always fascinating. And never, of course, forget the boxes in your workbook. They're terrific. Okay, Father God, how I pray that you will bless every woman here with all the things that you're dying to give them if they will only grab a hold of you and receive them. I pray that you will help us, each one of us, to jump off the cliff and trust you in new ways this week. And then I pray, Father God, that you will keep us far from evil so that we don't cause you or anyone else harm. I lift up all these things in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. Have a great week, girls.